Every time I went to seek after God for what God would desire, I heard, I heard three words. I heard three words spoken into my spirit over and over and over again. Even as I was putting my notes together, it was just kind of, it was kind of pounded into my spirit. So I've just come, I want to deliver just, just a, a statement here from God for somebody in the room tonight. And the, and the message is don't quit praying. Don't quit praying. Somebody in the room, keep seeking God. You're on the brink of a miracle. As a matter of fact, your next prayer could tip you over the edge into a miraculous move of the Holy Ghost and the power of God in your life. You're standing, literally standing on the brink of a miracle. You've prayed your way through some things. You've prayed your way to the brink of a miracle. Don't stop praying. That resistance you're feeling is meant to push you over the edge into what God has for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, it's that time of year again. In the last few days, the yearly tax bills for some property we own have started arriving in the mail. Now I know we just all love paying taxes. And on those tax bills is what the property is assessed at in a monetary value. I held one of those in my hand the other day and, and it seems like some of, the, some of the property that we're privileged to own is gaining value more than what maybe it should be. And so I was looking them over and I, I began to think of uh, what kind of value do I put on things in my life? Like, what, what kind of value do I put on God? Where is he at in my life? Well, I'll tell you where he needs to be, and he better be, is in first place. Nothing else. That's okay. You can clap on that. <laughs> Nothing else should come before God in our lives. It was not meant for, my, for God to circle around my life. It was meant for me to circle around God's life and his power and his authority. And so what kind of value do I put on prayer? And what kind of value do I put on my family and on my friends and on my possessions and on my integrity and on my, and on my character? What kind of value do I put on that? I read a long time ago, it's been said, you can tell how much people value things in their lives by the amount of time and the amount of money they spend and invest in them. You look at somebody's checkbook and date book and you'll find out what is really, really important to them. And as I pondered these things, the question kept coming to my mind over and over again, how valuable is God's house to me? What do I think about when I, when I come into the presence of God? How do I feel when I approach 71 Downing Street and, and I make my way to the house of God or I, if I'm not feeling well or I'm not able to, I click on the live stream and I begin to sit there and watch that. What's, what's going through my mind? How valuable is that to me? Well, I have a confession to make. The house of God wasn't always as valuable to me as what it should have been. I was brought up going to the house of God. I was told by my dad, don't think anything less than my dad because of this. I'm glad he told me this. 
He told me, as long as you're eating off my table, you're going to the house of God. And as you can tell, Come on now. I like to eat, so I went to the house of God. I went because I was forced to and constrained to for a while, but thanks be to God on that Sunday night, just like this Sunday night, the presence of God reached back to where I was sitting and got a hold of my life and forever changed my life by his power and by his spirit. And since that, since that, the house of God has been increasing in value in my life. So I really think it's a great question to ask ourselves from time to time. How valuable is God's house to me? Because something that we do over and over and over again can become commonplace to us. Can I just tell you, coming to the house of God is not the same as going to McDonald's or diplomat. Or what is a steamer 57? Is that what they call that? It's not the same as going there. Coming to the house of God is something different than anything else we do in all of our life. And I propose to you tonight, we ought to have a great value on the house of God. It shouldn't be, oh, well, here we go again. It should be, let's go see what God can do by his power and by his might and by his authority. Hey, somebody can be healed here tonight. Somebody can be delivered here tonight. Somebody can get an answer from God here tonight. We're in the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As beautiful as some other places in Fredericton may be, there's no place like this place. There really is not. So David, in the 84th Psalm, was declaring his love and his admiration for God's house. He declared it was a lovely place and that he loved the house of God so much that he was somewhat envious even of the birds that built a nest there. And he said, my flesh and my spirit cry out for the presence of God. It's an amazing, awesome psalm of the psalmist's value of God's house in his life. And he would go so far as to say that a single day, a single day in God's courts and in God's house was worth more than a thousand days anywhere else. And he believed, this is what he said, he believed that just being the doorkeeper or the lowest servant in God's house is better than living in the places of wickedness. That's what the psalmist said. I'd just rather be swinging the door open. <laughs> Thank you, swinger, door swingers. Does that sound good, door swingers? Did I say that right? Okay. Well, they swung the door open for me. <laughs> I'd, rather just, I'd rather be inviting people in and letting people into the house of God than be dwelling in the tents of wickedness somewhere. So I would go so far to say it like this. Simply put, my most trying, my most perplexing day living for God is far better than my best day ever was living for the world and living for the enemy. There's nothing compared that compares to the presence and the power and the glory of God in the house of God. 
So I say tonight, I was glad when they said unto me, let's get our suit and tie on. Let's make our way to 71 Downing Street. Let's see what God can do by his power and by his might and by his authority in this place tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands and rejoice in the power of God that is resident within this room right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a portion of scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter number 7 talking about the house that Solomon built for the Lord. And I want you to listen to what the word of God declares in 2 Chronicles 7, 11, and 12. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and all the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house he prosperly effected. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place, somebody say this place, to myself for a house of sacrifice. When I was praying and I got reading that verse of scripture, reading about Solomon's temple, that little phrase, this place, kept jumping out at me. This place. And the place that they were talking about there in 2 Chronicles is Solomon's temple and Solomon took, it had taken seven years to build Solomon's temple. It was 180 feet long. It was 90 feet wide. It was 50 feet high. And some of the remaining foundation stones are so large that modern engineers cannot figure out how they were laid in the first place, how they ever got there because of the size of them. I want to tell you this, that Solomon spared no expense. And I'm just going to tell you, whatever it cost you, Whatever it takes, we need the house of God in our lives. Whatever else we have to get rid of, whatever else has to be put in second place before God and then the house of God, we need the house of God in our life. Gold in Solomon's temple blanketed everything. 3,600 men oversaw the effort. Expense was so great that Solomon had to pay off the king of Hiram by giving him 20 towns down in Galilee. That's how, that's how much expense that he put in and how much effort he put in to building this house for God. I'm telling you, you can't do it too good for God because God's got it mighty good for you. Look where the Lord has brought you from and look where the Lord has brought. Come on, somebody. Look where you were when God found you and look where you're at now. Come on. He's been good to you. Come on. Somebody say, he's been good. God is good all the time, all the time. All the time. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're just, you're just something about Coming into the house of God. I don't know for sure what this building is worth in monetary value, but it's worth a far more than that in the spirit. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's things happen here that happen nowhere else in all the world. In this place. So God was choosing this place that Solomon had built for himself, and he was gracing it with his presence and with his glory. Now, I know this is a crazy question on a sunny night at Capitol Community Church, but aren't you glad for the presence of God in this place? Anybody really feeling the presence of God? I mean, you, you could say with an upraised hand, I feel the power of God moving and working and flowing in this place.
I really do. I'm not just putting on a show up here. I feel I could lay the mic down right now and clap my hands for 10 minutes. I feel so good in the Holy Ghost. Tell you, there's something moving in the spirit in this room. I'm glad for the power and the presence and the glory of God. And so God was grace in Solomon's temple with his glory. This place that Solomon had prepared became a habitation of God. Oh, God, fill this place. Oh, God, saturate. I pray this sometimes. Saturate this place with the power of your glory. I also pray this, let your spirit be the strongest spirit in the house. No matter what else make him through those doors or attitude or mindset or philosophy, let your spirit be the most powerful and most awesome presence and spirit in this house. Matter of fact, let every other spirit bow to the spirit and the power of an almighty God. Every knee will bow, every tongue will proclaim that he is Christ. Hallelujah. I submit myself to God. I submit my spirit to God. I submit my attitude to God. I submit everything I have to God. I want the power of God to saturate the house of God. Woo. So here I go again. I told myself I'm just going to be cool, calm, and collected. But how do you do that when the presence of God gets moving and working and flowing in your spirit? Hallelujah. It's a place where God's glory and presence would dwell, Solomon's temple was, and his attention would be directed towards it. In 2 Chronicles 7 and 15, he said, God said, now my eyes are open and my ears are tender of the prayer that is made in this place. Somebody say this place. I believe God, he God hears the prayers that are offered in this place. If you, ever, if you ever prayed a prayer in this place and God answered it by his power, would you raise a hand and thank God for that right now, that God heard your prayers from this place? <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I be just out front enough to declare unto you that we are right now at this very moment in a this place? This place is not just any place. This is a this place. I can hear the testimony of a person who has just been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they handed him the mic. And he was so in awe of the presence of God. And what he was doing and, and, and what God was doing in his life. That this man took the mic and he declared, I believe there is no place like this place, any place. So I'm glad I'm in this place. And that's exactly how I feel tonight. I'm glad I'm in this place tonight. Worshiping and praising and magnifying God. I won't leave the same way I came. Because I've been in the presence of God. In the book of Ezekiel, they were told, if you come in by the north gate, go out by the south gate. If you come in by the south gate, go out by some other gate. Don't leave the same way you came. And I can guarantee you tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, we used to sing it years ago, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. It's the truth. You will not leave the house of God like you came. Because you've been in the presence and the power of Almighty God. You're either going to be closer to God, further away from God, or whatever. But something's going to happen in your life tonight. In this house. Hallelujah. There's no place like this place, any place. And I'm glad I'm in this place. 
I stood last weekend in PEI in a, in a church and listened to a person getting ready to get baptized in Jesus' name, testify and declare. This is what this lady said. There was a presence of strength and peace and power in the house of God that she never felt anywhere else. And she made this statement, I want all my family to come in this house because I know if they come in this house, they're never going to want to leave because of what the power of God that's in this house. <laughs> I believe that. And I'll tell you why I believe that. Because I've experienced the strength. I've experienced the peace. I've experienced the power of God in this place. Come on, somebody. We are standing on holy ground. Boy, hear that rumble? Let that rumble rise just a little bit more. Come on, let it rise. Come on, let it rise just for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Let me just speak it. There's strength in the house of God for somebody tonight. There's peace in the house of God for somebody tonight. There's power in the house of God for somebody tonight. Hallelujah. So when Solomon built this place for God and God graced it with his power and glory, he placed two massive columns at the entrance of God's house. 1 Kings 7 and 21 says, And he set up pillars on the porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar and called the name of their Jachim. And he set up the left pillar and called the name of their Boaz. And his worshipers approached the temple. That One of the first sights they saw was these towering, massive pillars. Being 20, one, one commentator said they were 27 feet high and 18 feet in circumference. They were awe-inspiring and gave a sense of strength and of power. One he called Boaz and one he called Jachin. Boaz means, in my, in my um, query into, the, into some commentaries, Boaz means in God is strength. And Jacob means in God is direction. <laughs> and you get what you need at God's house, the direction and strength to follow Almighty God. It's a fact of life, folks. It's a fact of life. When you take away yourself from or neglect God's house, you begin to lose strength and you begin to lose direction in your life. Your thinking becomes muddied and uncertain and confused and eventually all thoughts that take you away from this place grow dangerous and destructive. I'm ready to declare tonight, as for Jonathan McNair, I can't live without this place in my life. I've got to have this place in my life. I need to come into the house of God on a regular basis and feel the strength and direction and the power and the authority of Almighty God working and flowing and moving in my life. There's sometimes I come here, I get blessed. There's sometimes I come here and I get corrected, but I'm glad for the house of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Matter of fact, I've been around this thing long enough that if somebody punches me pretty hard, I think that's good. I need sometimes to be taken by the back of the neck and because I want to go in the right direction in my life. Well, hallelujah. The 
psalmist was perplexed. He was confused. He was unclear. He was distracted by some of the things he saw happening around him and some thoughts that were swirling through his mind until he came to this place, or in his words, until I went in the sanctuary of God. And when I got in the sanctuary, everything became clear. You know what coming to the house of God at 71 Downing Street does for me sometimes? It lets me know you're not all alone in this thing. There's other people living for God. There's other people got a love for God. You're not all alone. There's somebody. You can link arms with somebody. Come on, somebody. You can link arms with somebody, and you can say, we can do this together in the name of Jesus Christ. Because we are better together. We are better together. You know, when I was growing up, notice I didn't say getting older. Growing up, a major part of our summer vacation well, this is how our summer vacation went. My dad was a pastor, so we left Monday morning early, and we were back for Wednesday night Bible study. Two days in PEI, three boys my size in a little cottage. No wonder he came back for Wednesday night. He needed to get back in the house of God. To get. <laughs> well, you get revelation. That just came to me right there. I just got revelation right here in the house of God. But a major part of our summer vacation was spent at camp meetings, especially Harvey Camp out on the old lake. There are just, just we spent four or five weeks every summer out there, and also Peacove Camp in the state of Maine. It was one of these camp meetings that I went to when I was somewhere between the ages of 13 and 17 years old that the camp evangelist preached one night. This was his title, Church is the Place I Go to Get My Head Screwed on Straight. I think I was, whatever age I was, I kind of sat up in the seat. I thought, that's kind of an interesting topic. Church is the place I go to get my head screwed on straight. And he talked about how you can rub, the, rub, rub shoulders with the spirit of the world all week long. You need to get back in the house of God and get realigned and get going in the right direction again. So I just want to say I'm glad sometimes I come in the house of God and I got my head screwed on straight and I go in the right direction again. Come on, somebody, if you've ever received help and direction in the house of God, you ought to thank God for this place where the power of God has worked in your life. Hallelujah. I'm ready to declare. I really am. I've already done it. I'm going to do it again, and I'll probably do it again before I'm done. I need this place. I need this place. I need the house of God in my life. There's been more than one time I get in my vehicle, made my way to 71 Downing Street or tuned into the webcast that my heart or my mind was perplexed, confused, unclear, or distracted by something. And when the service was over, I had the strength and direction I needed to continue in the right direction. I got my head screwed on straight in the house of God. I just want to say tonight from the bottom of my heart, I'm glad for pastors that will come week after week to the pulpit to declare the power of the word of God. And just lay it out on the word, just lay it out here and say, this is what the word of God says, and we're gonna go the way God desires for us to go. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to clap your hands and thank God for the house of God. So I came when I didn't really want to when I was growing up, but now I wanna be here. You gotta have the want to, you gotta have the go through. 
with all the faith within you, you've got to say, I'm going to the house of God because God's house is where we get our questions answered. Hallelujah. The word of God declares she came from afar. How she heard about the king named Solomon, we can only speculate. Jesus said this woman came from the uttermost parts of the earth to see the son of David. Jesus called her the queen of the south. She came because she was curious. She had heard of Solomon. She'd heard of his worship. She'd heard of his wisdom. She'd heard of the great and powerful blessings that had fallen on King Solomon. And 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse number 1 says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. She didn't come to see the architecture. She came to get her questions answered. And she was not disappointed. Because the Bible says that Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. You know, it's a great benefit, and it's a great blessing. It was a great benefit and a great blessing to Solomon because he spent time in the house of God praying and worshiping and listening to the voice of God because what it did was it gave him the ability to answer questions with wisdom and with insight. I learn things in the house of God that I, that I use outside the house of God. You know, there can be one phrase in a message or one paragraph in a message that can bring an answer to some question in my life and can bring wisdom into my life. How many believes what the Word of God says? And if we ask for wisdom, God will give it to us. And sometimes the way we get that wisdom is the pastor comes to the pulpit, a visiting minister comes to the pulpit and begins to preach the Word of God. And in the midst of that sermon, there's wisdom comes into your life. So it benefited you to be in the presence of God and in the house of God in this place because you received the answer that you needed. So Solomon went into the house of God and worshiped and praised and magnified God and listened to the voice of God and he got wisdom from God so he could answer hard questions. So the house of God is where I come to get my questions answered. There's some places I will not go to get my questions answered. There's some places I will not traffic in to get my questions answered, but I will receive an answer from the Word of God and from the presence of God in the house of God. I really will. I really will. I'll come here for one paragraph or one phrase, maybe in the title of a message. I'll come here for that so that God can speak into my life. In the book of Daniel chapter 5, King Belshazzar petitioned Daniel to read or explain what the hand had written on the wall. They were celebrating, they were feasting, they brought some articles from the house of God into, the, into this party and all of a sudden a hand appears on the wall and begins to write. And so, and so Daniel called, or Balsazer calls upon Daniel and says, come read this, come explain this, what this means to us. Nobody else can give us the explanation. I'm going to tell you something, friends. There's explanations that comes from the house of God you can't get anywhere else. You can look for it somewhere else, but you can't get anywhere else. Daniel had a relationship with God. Daniel listened to the voice of God. Daniel got in the presence of God. And the power of God spoke into Daniel's life and, and gave Daniel the direction that he needed. Oh, thank God for heavenly wisdom. For a wisdom that comes from Almighty God. Praise God. And so 
What Belshazzar did not understand was the same thing that the Queen of Sheba needed to understand, which was the answer was not in King Solomon. The answer came from God through King Solomon. And the answer wasn't in Daniel. It came from the God of Daniel. He said, listen, King, you can keep all your presence. I'm not going to speak. God's going to speak through me. And can I just tell you what I believe tonight, and you can write it off or just throw it away. I believe when I come in the house of God and somebody preaches the word of God to me, I'm hearing from God. And in the midst of that message from God, I can receive wisdom of how to live my life and give answers to other people. Hallelujah. I don't have to leave the house of God perplexed. Come on, somebody. Tune your ear into what God is saying. Tune your spirit into what God is doing and watch God give you wisdom. Better is one day in the courts of God than a thousand anywhere else because I receive what I need from God. Come on. If somebody's received something from the house of God anywhere in your life, you ought to give God praise and you ought to give God honor. Hallelujah. God empowered Daniel with tremendous insight. He saw what others couldn't see because God gave him the vision to see because he spent time in the presence of God in this place, in the presence and the power and the majesty of an almighty God. God appeared to Solomon by night and said, what am I going to give you? What, what do you want, Solomon? And Solomon said, I just want wisdom, God. And God gave it to him. Somebody say, God gave it to him. And God can give it to me. That was kind of weak. Let's try that again. Hallelujah. God gave Solomon wisdom, and somebody said with me, God can give it to me. I'm telling you, God can give you your answer. He really can. He can deliver. He can give you an answer to the query of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's an interesting verse of Scripture in Matthew chapter number 12. Jesus said, the queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, somebody say, a greater than Solomon is here. There's a greater one in the house. Listen, I don't mean to get spooky on it, but I'm telling you, you might be hearing the voice of Jonathan in there, but I believe God's speaking right now. I don't believe you can take the word of God and begin to break the bread of life without hearing the voice of God speak in the midst of that somewhere. That's why I don't want to get caught up in personalities. I want to hear the word of God. I want to say, Lord, speak to me in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the power of God speak into my life. I want to understand that a greater than Solomon is here and somebody get in your vehicle tonight and made your, made your way to 71 down the street and you've got perplexity in your life and you've got questions in your life and I'm telling you the answer is in the house of God. The answer is in the wisdom of Almighty God. The answer is how God can speak to you in his presence and give you direction for your life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I wish somebody would clap your hands and thank God for the direction of an almighty God. Hey, I'm not just coming to the house of God. I'm coming to the God of the house. He's in this place tonight. He's a greater one. He's greater than every sickness. He's greater than every disease. He's greater than every question. He's greater than everything that comes into our lives. He's an all-powerful, almighty God. And his presence is in this room. And I want to tell you, I want to declare and prophesy, he's already touched somebody. 
but he's not done. He's not done. Hallelujah. We're in this place where the glory and the presence and the power of God dwells. Hallelujah. Just going to tell you tonight, folks, that church never should become a place of indifference. Being, being in God's presence is supposed to move us either to dancing or to weeping, to rejoicing or to conviction. There's no in-between. There's no indifference in the house of God. I come with intention to receive from the power of God. The music can come back tonight. Somebody say, this place, this place is where the ashes of joy or the ashes of mourning can be transferred into the oil of gladness. This is a place where you can come one way and leave another. This is a place where you can come in sightless and leave with insight. This is a place where you can come in lame and go out walking. This is a place where you can cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. This is a, way, this is a place where you can praise your way into a victory in your life. This is a place where the cold spirit and the cold heart becomes hot and the discouraged and distracted mind receives encouragement and direction. <laughs> what a place this place is. Oh, thank God for this place. Hallelujah. This place is a place where you can be preached the truth and receive godly instruction and godly direction. This is a place where, thank God, you can discover your flaws and the grace of God can cover them. And you can rejoice as you walk away, made whole by the power of Almighty God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We need to thank God that grace is in this place. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful, awesome, magnificent, glorious place. This place is a place God has chosen to dwell by his power and by his spirit. And so this is, should be a place, this needs to be a place filled with faith. And I feel faith in the house. I agree with Pastor Matt tonight. I feel the faith in this house rising in somebody's spirit. Saying, I believe somebody in the hospital can be delivered right now. I believe somebody across the nation of Canada, we can send the word of God and they can be healed right now. Hallelujah. I feel faith in this house that says, I believe that God can do it by his power and by his spirit. This needs to be a place filled with hope and power and love. I'll just echo the pastors. Everybody's welcome here. There's hope here. There's love here. There's power in this house to change and to transform. Hallelujah. Come on now, somebody. I've been in this house, in the house of God before, and saw people leave things on the altar and walk away from them and never touch them again. And I believe that could happen in this house. Hallelujah. This is a place where burdens can be lifted, where your whole life can be changed. We're all, we're, we all know the word of God in here. Can somebody help me? If any man be in Christ, he's a, a what? New creature. Somebody can leave here tonight, a new creature. 
And I just tell you, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, here is water. We've got garments. We've got towels. What death hindereth thou? Come on. Rise up and have your sins washed away in the name of Jesus Christ. And God can fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody over in this section over here ought to clap your hands for what God did in your life. Somebody in this section right here ought to clap your hands. There ought to be a wave of the power and the glory and the majesty of an awesome God for what God's done in your life in this place. In this place. Hallelujah. 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 We need the resplendent glory of God to touch our lives over and over again. And this is a place that we need to assemble together on a constant and consistent basis. Because you always get more in the house of God when you come engaged and with intention than what you bargain for. You really do. You really do. Let's stand tonight in the house of God. You know, when I leave this place tonight, I want to take what I received in this place and make it a part of my life or my place. You don't have to leave the gods you encounter in this place here. Can I just tell you, this works at home. This works on the job. Wherever you're at, you can let the presence of God minister. Matter of fact, you can take things you've received in the house of God and take them to your home. And I believe God can heal a home because somebody came to this place and took what they got out of this place and took it to their place and the power of God ministered in their life. This works. This works wherever you want to go. I would go so far as to say that the encounter I or you have in this place with the Spirit of God is designed to affect your life outside these four walls. As a matter of fact, if it doesn't affect your life outside these four walls, you need to come back and another, get another baptism of the power of Almighty God. You need to come back to this place and let God touch you one more time so you can go out and make a difference in the world. Come on, what I get in this place is exactly what the world needs. Somebody ought to say amen to that because you were there one day and somebody brought you the, what they received in the house of God and it changed their lives. So let's never let this place become commonplace in our lives. Let's respect this place. I can stay here for a while. I can hear my mom's voice in my mind when I say, let's respect this place. I, I'm just, just me, okay? Just sorry about this, but this is just me. Please don't write this off just because I say this. I only went into the house of God sanctuary once chewing gum. And when I get home, my dad said, we're going to the basement. And we weren't going to the basement to pile wood because we didn't burn wood. And he said, what's going to happen in the basement? Because I love you. Anyway, just suffice to say, I never chewed gum in the house of God again. <laughs> yeah. But I want to respect this place. This is the place where the presence of God dwells. Hallelujah. You might say, oh, it's just pews and carpet and two by four and two by six and drip rock. Oh, no, it's not. It's the house of God. 
It's the house of God. I want to respect this place. I want to rejoice in this place. No better place. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Just rejoice in the power of Almighty God. I don't want to respond in this place, and I want to receive in this place what I need from the presence of Almighty God. Better is one day in the courts of Almighty God than a thousand anywhere else. The praise team is going to sing. I'm looking for some people. If you've got a need in your life, this altar is open right now. The presence of God is in this room. Power of God wants to touch somebody. If you've got a need in your life or you just want to come and thanksgiving to God for a place you can come and feel the presence of God and rejoice in the power of Almighty God. Come on, somebody. You need to get out of your seat and make your way down to the front of this place. Hallelujah. And receive from the presence of God.